0: Well, good morning everyone, my name's Danny Yuleman and this is the first parenting session I've actually taught and then it's good because I get the easy one, I'm disciplined <laughs> but, um, and you know, I feel a little bit ill-equipped since I look out. I know some of you guys have older kids than me and kids longer than me but um, my wife and I have Ruthie who is four years old and we, uh, but also I'm a teacher so I have many years of failed discipline with that. <laughs> um, So what I want to do today is I want to kind of give us a framework for discipline. Um, When I I thought about kind of how to approach this, I thought about kind of how the world approaches discipline and kind of the biblical view of discipline. So I started off looking at WebMD and uh, the definition (laughs) of discipline on WebMD is that we teach children behavior that's acceptable and we teach them what kind of behavior is unacceptable. So kind of just off when you look at that definition are there any holes in that, the kind of things that are being missed? Do you guys see any of that? Just teaching kids what behavior is acceptable and what behavior is not acceptable. It's not dealing with the heart. Yeah, it's not dealing with the heart, right? Um, we, when we think about how we should discipline our children as Christians, we know that God cares tremendously about the heart. It's not just how kids act, right? It matters. It matters the reason behind why they act. And when we think about the way Christ acted when he was on earth, one of his biggest issues with the Pharisees was that the outside didn't match the inside. He was concerned about the reason why they do what they do. Hey, Ruth. <laughs> um, and, I was, and I was thinking kind of a practical example of this. Um, you know, like, say, say there's a man that hates another man. Like He hates his neighbor. And he spends his whole life hating his neighbor and thinking about how much he hates his neighbor and, and you know, dwelling on it, but he doesn't tell other people about it. So if we look at this man... And he never tells anyone. We couldn't think he's a righteous man, right? What would Jesus call him? Jesus would call him a murderer. So a helpful way, I think, of thinking about discipline is shepherding the heart of a child. And there's a book by Paul Tripp called Shepherding the Heart of a Child. And I would really recommend I think it's a great way of kind of providing a framework for this. But what we want to do with our kids is we want to be able to teach them how to take the action and bring it back to the heart level. We want to be able to teach them, you did this. Well, let's trace this back to the sin. And the reason it's so important is because we know that as we grow in holiness, we are able to take our actions and diagnose them from a heart level. I was thinking about kind of an example of how this work with a little kid, but say that one of your little kids has, has a cookie on the table, and you're like, don't eat that cookie. Then you walk in, you go take a shower, and you come back out, and the cookie's gone. What, I mean, there's, there's two different ways to approach that. One way could be, why do you eat the cookie? Well, I don't know. Another way it could be to diagnose the heart and say, well, what was behind this? Like, What caused this behavior? And ultimately what you're gonna come to is, I didn't have the self-control, and I didn't really care that I was getting in trouble at that moment. And now cookie is not the biggest deal in the world, right? But what is a big deal is that same heart posture leads to other sins later on in life. And, and honestly, that's the same heart posture that leads to things like adultery later on in life. So we need to be able to train our kids to diagnose the heart posture behind their actions. This is how they've grown holiness. And that takes a lot. It takes helping them identify why they act the way they act, and then bringing them to Christ, bringing them to the cross, and having them confess and be able to bring out their actions in front of the Lord. You can pray with them, repent, and lead them to a place of deeper and deeper holiness. Now, I know this is hard with little kids. Um, sometimes with Ruth, I'll be like, Why do you, why do you hit me? And she like, Because you're bald. You know, well, I'm, I know I'm bald. You know, but like, you know, that's that's not the most helpful thing. So, three things I want to focus on in this in this short talk before we get into discussion groups is I want to talk about where we get our authority from, how we use our authority, and the goal of that authority. And the first point here is that the authority we have, it's not like anything else in this world. It's not something we have to earn. It's something that's given to us from the Lord. So we have this authority whether we use it or not. Um, but we use this authority as a way of training our kids. Proverbs 22.15 says that folly is bound up in the hearts of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far away. So our authority, is not necess- it's not authority that is arbitrary, it's authority that is teaching our kids what the heart posture should be, what is wrong with it, and discipline is tempting to displace that as we go through life. And ultimately we're training them to be able to eventually bring that to the Lord themselves. Um, and sometimes I think, we make this unhelpful comparison between grace and discipline. All right, so I, I'm a teacher, and oftentimes, kids come up to me and be like, I didn't do my homework, or I failed a test, and Mr. Yeoman, I just need grace, I need grace. I, I'm okay, a Christian, so, so grace is like a catch all <laughs> for like no consequences, right? Um, so what, what, what I tell them, a not very popular um, response, is that, all right, I, I will give you grace. The grace is you get a zero today, and you learn a lesson that later on when you have a job, you won't lose it. Or you, uh, you have failure today, and something bigger later on is not failed at, hopefully. And that's usually like, oh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That makes sense, <laughs> <that answer. laughs> There's not very much grace for me when that happens. Um, but um, it's important that we know that this authority comes from the Lord himself. And ultimately, we're shepherding our kids with authority that is giving given to us from the Lord. And we're operating under their authority. So we need to remember that because a lot of us have seen really bad displays of authority in our life. And some of us are even uncomfortable with authority. And it's something that we need to work through to be able to healthy view of it and shepherding our kids. Now the next thing I want to talk about is just kind of some practical ways to use this authority. Now when I think of, when we think of discipline a lot of times we think of things like spanking and putting kids in a timeout. And those are all perfectly fine. But I think that where well, i like to focus on some general principles about discipline rather than different techniques, because those of you guys that have multiple children, you guys know that there's different discipline tactics that work for kids and not for others. Like with Ruth, like spanking is something we do maybe four times a year, because it's not that effective. Uh, it breaks her, it's, it, it's, not, it's much more effective to make her take off her uniform of her princess dress she always wears, and put it away. And that's just more effective than spanking her. Um, but there are general principles, and the first general principle of discipline um, that's what I focus on is consistency. So it is better for us to be consistent with something rather than to focus on different types of uh, discipline at different times or all the time. Uh, it is not helpful for us to spank our kids one day and then do timeouts and then, and then change and, and maybe yell at them another day. It's much, more, it's much better for us to be consistent. The reason for this is because God is consistent. We're teaching them ultimately about God's authority and who he is. God is not that God does not draw lines in the sand and shift them. He doesn't say, "All right, you've sinned now, don't do it." Okay, don't now, but don't do it anymore, Right? He has a line in the sand, and one thing we to do with our kids, we need to make sure that our yeses mean yes or nos, mean no, and we need to be able to train them that authority is consistent. It's healthy for them. Um, think about, it, and then the next thing is that we need to be able to build relationships of love with our kids. So, kind of the framework that I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about discipline is that God disciplines those he loves. Now, there's two different errors we can make in here, right? We can say we cannot discipline our kids, or we can just say I love them so much that I'm not going to discipline them. But if we think about the way God relates to us, he disciplines us, and us knowing that we love him. If you think about a time that you've been maybe under God's discipline or under your suffering in your life, the reason we can bear it is because we know that he cares for us and because he loves us. So it is important for us to take time to build those relationships with our children. And one of the ways that we can do this is we can, we can focus on the things that our children do, that are their personalities that are good things. Like Ruthie is funny. She she tells all kinds of great jokes. Well, I mean, for a four-year-old, sometimes I notice. But she tells jokes and she likes to laugh. And so I'm, t- I'm intentional, I try to be intentional about listening to her, laughing at her, telling her she's funny. And what that does is that it builds up This relational capacity with her. Um, And also, James said in a sermon a few weeks ago, we shouldn't be stingy with our praise. We should be parents who are constantly pointing out what's good about our kids and things that we enjoy about them. Now even in this room here, I know some of your children. I know, for example, like Cedar and John Mark. John Mark has all these wonderful things about him where he loves to be inquisitive and ask questions. I know that Cedar's really good at a lot of things, but she doesn't want you to know it, and she's kind of sneaky about it, But part of what we do as parents is we build our kids up. And if you think of a bank account, we're constantly making those deposits. So when we have to actually make that withdrawal of discipline, it doesn't crush our kids. Um, Also, we shouldn't use shame. So the first principle is we need to build that relationship. The second thing is we really shouldn't use shame. Now, in that book uh, Paul Tripp wrote, Shepherding the Heart of a Child, he talks about an example he saw in an airport where this little girl was acting up and the mother was kind, of, was kind of out of control and eventually she said to the little girl, I hate you, get away from me, I don't want to see you. And the girls demeanor completely shifted and she was trying to come over and hug her mother and the mother was saying, no, I don't want to see you. Right? It was effective, right? it changed the girl's behavior but that is not building up that relationship of love where we can discipline them out of that and it's really, so it's really important to do that next thing is being proactive versus reactive. Now, there's a time for reactive behavior and discipline. It's something that... I hey, Ruthie. We were going to get Ruthie to come play with us. Oh, yeah. Ruthie, you want to come play? Right? No. Okay. no. Okay, anyways, come yes, here. We'll go play. and if she's ready, she'll come with yes. us. Okay. <laughs> so the next thing is being uh, proactive rather than simply reactive. And there's times you need to be reactive... In our discipline, when our kids do something wrong, there needs to be a punishment, right? But we also need to be able to live in a way of being proactive, of constantly having a lifestyle of teaching. If you think about the way Jesus lived with his disciples, he was doing life with them, and he was saying, "Let me tell you a parable." He was pointing to something that was going on and saying, "Let me teach you what's going on here." Um, and one of the ways we do this is just spending time and teaching them as we do life. One of the things Ruth and I love to do together is once a week we have a daddy daughter date. We go downtown and we walk through Columbia, and as I'm sure you can imagine, downtown Columbia, there's plenty of teaching opportunities all the time, and, um, but what's good about this is we're in a calm and relaxed state, like, I buy her a cookie, we walk around, and I'm pointing things out, I'm saying, Ruth, we am going to get over to this stop block, what are we going to do, what are going to stop, where are we going to look, we're going to look left, right, left, why, sometimes, oftentimes, we see other kids getting disciplined, and we're able to talk about that, um, but what we're doing is we're we're teaching as a way of life, rather than simply correcting all the time, or being reactive. Um, Another thing we can do is while we're living this way, we can affirm while being while correcting. So, if your kid comes up to you and confesses that they broke something or did something, you can say, "It's really good that it's really good that you confess this." I'm really that's something we really want to promote, but there's also going to be a punishment for it. So, being proactive versus reactive. Um, and, then, and then some final kind of thoughts on this is, this is we need to be able to parent with humility. All of us know that we're going to mess up. And I my hope for this course, and Stacey's hope for this course, is that this will build a culture of parenting discussions in our church where all of us feel like we're failing at different times, right? Um, but we can bring it to each other. We can learn from people that have older children and younger children and more children. And we can build a community where we're able to learn from each other and be honest about our failures in and, and, and in humility with our children and how and learn how we can um, discipline them, because parenting's hard. Discipline's hard. It's nothing, none of us, none of us, when we become parents, are most excited about disciplining our kids, right? Um, so it's something we all need to grow. in. Uh, so, if there's anything that kind of Jay will has a sticky note when he ends sermons, but if there's anything that I want to, you guys to leave with is that our goal as parents is not just behavior modification; it is learning how to. Teach our children's heart to interact with their hearts. And again, what that means is something completely different for different age groups. Like with Ruthie right now, th- those discussions are difficult. If I say, you hit me, why? It's going to be hard for her to, to focus on that sin. But as she gets older, it's something that I'm going to be able to train her in, hopefully. And the lasting effects of that is that as we grow on, as the kids grow up and as they grow in their relationship with the Lord, they'll be able to take their actions, find the sin, confess it to the Lord, Bring it to him and grow and grow in grace and holiness. And over time, hopefully, we'll be able to build a culture here at Riverside where our kids are learning more and more about the Lord through our discipline. And I know some of that's already happening here. So as we close here, I want you guys to just take a moment and just think about your kids for a second. And think about how you'd like some some characteristics you would like to be able to describe them of when they're 20 or 25 or 30. So give you about 10 seconds, then we can share some of those. So when they're 20, 25 or 30, how would you like to be able to describe your kids? As disciples of Christ? Okay, disciples of Christ. Good. Any other any other um, characteristics you would like to be able to describe your kids as? Humble, yeah. Courageous. Courageous. That's really good. Compassionate. (coughs) Sorry, compassionate for people. Compassionate for people. Anything else? Self-aware. Self-aware. That's really good. The culture could use some self-awareness. So the point of this, guys, is that, as you guys know, anything in life, it's much easier to do the day-and-day day monotony of disciplining and raising children if you can, ha- if you can visualize the final outcome, if you, if you know where you're going, if we have a destination for this long and winding road that is disciplining our kids and full of failures and setbacks. Um, and if we think about the goals of our children, <clears throat> the ones you said, guys, are great. It's a great way to keep us on track. Every night before Ruth goes to bed, I pray for her that that she will love Jesus and follow and serve him all the days of his life. And I say that because for one thing, that's, that's my hope for her. That's my prayer for her. But also I say that because I want her to hear what my heart is for her. I want—I don't want her to grow up thinking that my deepest desire for her is to go to Clemson or become an athlete or to even be married and have children. I want all those things. But my deepest desire for her is to love the Lord and to serve him all the days of his life, of her life. And and that's something that if we pray that over our kids and we speak that, we can start to begin to set up kind of milestones for what that looks like over, over their lifetime. And we know as Christians that we have pretty little control of how they actually um, end up, whether or not they end up being Christians. We, we can disciple them. We can bring them into a community, a grace-based community like our church. But, but how they end up, whether or not they follow the Lord, is, is it's in the Lord's hands. But he has given us authority to shepherd them. And the way we do that does matter. We have authority. And whether we use that authority to shepherd them into the grace of the Lord or just simply behavior modification has lasting influences. So um, as I close, my prayer is that all of us could, as we shepherd our kids, as we think about how to discipline our kids, take these principles and apply them. Again, like I said, there's so many different ways to discipline our children. What well, we can ask ourselves questions is, is this consistent? Is this proactive rather than simply reactive? Are we building relationships with our kids where we have enough capital that we know when we discipline them, that they still know that we love them no matter what? And ultimately, are we leading them to the cross, leading them to a way of life where there is repentance and humility and grace for when they mess up because they will often, and ultimately leading them to Christ. So that's my prayer. Let me pray, and then we'll break up into our groups. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for this time today. I thank you that we're able to discuss the difficult topic of how to discipline our children. Lord, you've given us the authority. You've given us principles, Lord. And I pray that we'll be able to share this with each other. Lord, We'll be able to be a community where we can bring our concerns and difficulties to each other, ultimately for the good of our children and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.